This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from LL Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash LL Bean. LL Bean. Be an outsider. Hey everybody, it's In The Clinch, MMA podcast on the Fight Gaming Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick, as always. And i uh, got a busy show for you this week. Big pay-per-view to, to recap here. And uh, got a show next week that's you know, kind of big for a fight night uh, coming up that we're going to preview. And, uh, and uh, you know, all our usual stuff, question of the week, what do we got to talk about, all that. And I want to thank you all for uh, joining us. And uh, I know a lot of people listened to our discussion about Ronda Rousey last week on uh, that we clipped up for YouTube. So if you're new to the show, uh, you find, if you found us through that, uh, thank you once again. Make sure to uh, subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to. And I also want to give you a heads up about the Fight Game Media Patreon, which uh, you may or may not know about. It's five bucks a month, patreon.com backslash fight game media. And we actually, this month of July, have a, a special going on where every week one show is free. So last week, uh, my show, uh, the Dynamite show that I do on the Patreon with Jeff Hawkins was free. And this week, it's going to be the um, the show that Jeff, or Jeff, Garrett and John, uh, Garrett Gonzalez and John LaRocca do, uh, covering WCW 96. Uh, normally is on the Patreon, uh, but uh, this this week... You can get it for free just by going to patreon.com front slash fight game media or just Google fight game media Patreon. And uh, that show will be free for everybody. And if you like it, just uh, throw five bucks in the tip jar and, and join along. But uh, Ryan, without any further ado, uh, we'll start with The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, so it was episode six, right? Yep. And uh, it was Connor's uh, big star, big, big uh, number one seed, Lee Hammond, his training partner. Uh, number one pick, uh, well, I mean, he picked the prospects mainly probably to get him, but uh, going up against Kurt Hollibaugh, Connor going in was 0-5. It's now 0-6. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think you might, I think Chandler might sweep this. I, or are you still clinging to the, the fact that you think uh, Connor's going to win one? I think there's one win coming. Is there? Okay. Maybe just one, but I think there's one coming. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no ringers left, but uh, this was um, this was something. I mean, uh, he should have won. Like, Lee Hammond dominated this fight. Um, he was well on his way to winning um, a, a two-round decision, and, uh, and then uh, he didn't. Um, he got finished. By Kurt Hollibaugh, because Kurt Hollibaugh never stopped, and and he submitted him. Um, 
just kind of, you know, I wouldn't say it was necessarily out of nowhere. Like he was working for it, but um, it was a bit of a hail Mary and uh, Connor afterwards tells uh, Lee, Oh, you were, you you fought a perfect fight. And it's like, no, you didn't. You lost. (laughs) Um, And he was mad. And uh, Dana's, Dana's just like shaking his head, you know, like, oh man, what what's gonna happen here? And and Connor's like, I mean, he's coming off like he wants. They almost got into it right there, like they shoved each other and and they were fighting. And this was like the most yeah. physical they've gotten. Yeah, Chandler was needling him about not showing up for weigh-ins ever. And yeah, all that kind of stuff. I got spoiled by this because uh, I saw a tweet that somebody, one of the bigger, like Adam Martin or something, um, tweeted out because I always watch it the next day. And uh, he said something about, you know, Connor's like the worst coach in the history of tough and he doesn't show up and all this. And it's like, I don't know, like, you know what, like he actually is in there training with the guys and everything, you know, and, uh, you know, but, but I mean, I think they're. Yeah, they Connor kind of hinted at the fact that they're kind of making this out to be more than it is. And I think it's more like what you said earlier on, Yeah, you know, like there's stuff that he was, you know, had to do that. And they just filmed around it to make it look like he didn't show up when he was supposed to. Yeah. 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 So, but uh, yeah, um, Kurt Hollibaugh and you know what, like I, it was a nice story with Kurt Hollibaugh. I, I don't know about you, man. I'm watching him with his family on the farm and all his kids and that guy's loaded i think you know like i don't think he needs to fight um he's got like two gyms he's got a big farm with like all these animals and five kids like i don't know maybe his wife's got a really good job i don't know but he seemed pretty well off eh? i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily think that considering that that somebody that we're going to talk about our new flyweight champion was delivering for uber eats two fights ago so well, sure. Yeah. But, but I mean, just looking at Kurt Holliba though, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe wherever he lives, like all that stuff is, you know, fairly cheap, but I mean, he owns yeah. two gyms. He owns this nice house on, I think they said five acres of land and uh, nine horses and, you know, like. Could be family it, stuff. You know, we don't know this. Could be, yeah. could be. Yeah. But, but I mean, he seems, seems like a really nice guy and, uh, and his family is cute and everything. So. Um, yeah, I, you know, this was one of the better ones for me, like this one. And, um, can't remember who it was earlier in the season that, that had the two kids that were, um, uh, had special needs. Like, you know, some of these stories are pretty good. They, they, they yeah. always find good stories with these guys, Yeah. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, uh, I, I can't even remember who's, who's up next week. Do you, do you have it there or this, like this the, week tomorrow? I think it's the band of so I don't have it in front of me. Okay, yeah, the recap I'm I've got up here uh, doesn't show it either. Um, I mean, there's only a couple left. I, I think the big names are out. Like the ones I really wanted to see were Valiev and Katona, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I well tune in tomorrow. It's uh, or tonight on uh, ESPN and TSN at uh, 9 p.m. Central, uh, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern, and uh, all the if you missed any of the episodes, they're all up on uh, ESPN Plus, so you can check those out. Anything else uh, about this show that, no. I, that I forgot? No, I no. Anything? no. no I was no. very very by the books, just letting everybody know who the two fighters are, kind of not showing up to the weigh-ins, and, and then the fight because it went almost two rounds, and, and then the yeah. seven. Did you, uh, did, you, did you watch it live? No. Okay, so when you were watching, did you know who had won? Uh, yeah, yeah. I oh, okay, okay. I'm just wondering, like, how I would have reacted if I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of wish I didn't know because I think I would have just, I, I think I would have like jumped out of my seat kind of thing. Like, 
you know um it, it yeah, was, I, didn't, uh, I didn't even watch it till sunday to be honest <laughs> oh okay okay so you so you knew uh yes yeah. trying to find, I, I i thought i'd sent you something oh yeah i uh yeah i at the time that dane yeah because i said holy shit at the exact time dana did because i knew he had won like you know i but i didn't know how he won so i didn't realize that it was you know just kind of a finish out of nowhere but i was kind of starting to figure that that's probably what was going to happen the way the fight was going so yeah i was uh you know just i was as shocked as dana was watching it but i think i would have even more shocked if, if i didn't know what had happened um but uh, that leads us into ufc 290 which um was a hell of a show um <laughs> you know we, we we had some conversations about i mean this was one of the best shows they've ever put on you know yeah um, for sure it, yeah you know maybe not the best um but i mean probably but, top five if not or top 10 at least I mean, yeah, top five. you're talking about a company that's put on 654 shows shows i mean top 10 yeah. show that's one of the best shows in in the history my my memory is you know terrible but i mean it's the last one i can think of that was this good was you know probably usc 189 yeah, um, yeah, you know, uh, which uh, we were reminded of with um, the uh, Hall of Fame this week, which I, I was going to briefly mention. I did watch it. Um, it was, you know, it was not not much um, highlights was, you know, how that was probably uh, Jens Pulver's speech. If you're a fan of Jens Pulver, which I'm kind of not really um, like, not that I don't like him or anything. I'm just I wasn't really following it as closely yeah, during, yeah, during for your era. time, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean the one the funny thing is the video package did not show the feud with Faber at all, which really shocked me. Like it showed it really went into the pen uh, feud a lot, and you know talked about him winning the first lightweight title and everything, but it did not at all even touch on the Faber feud. Like if you watched that thing and if you didn't know the history, you wouldn't even know he was in WEC. Like they didn't yeah. show it at all. Yeah, his WEC career wasn't necessarily the best, and I mean, at least with the pin they, that he he won the first fight, at least out of it. Right, but it was like I just thought it was so important um, for the you know because they I mean they talked about how he brought in the lightweight title, but he yeah. was so important to helping that division, like that whole company, be into the UFC. Like his feud with Faber put Faber over the top. In he was opinion. he he was, but at the same time, you're trying to find highlights that. Show yeah. positive moments, not necessarily true. And you know that wasn't, you know. Those so if you're showing like different. a career for Faber, you're probably not going to show his Aldo fights. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and then of course you know not having Anderson Silva there was a was a letdown. Yeah. Um, his son, you know, accepted for him. And the main event was uh, Cerrone. Uh, no, no, it was actually Aldo, was Aldo yeah. and and Aldo like spoke. It didn't even, you know, he had a translator there, but he spoke in, uh, you know, Portuguese. So it was like, yeah, it's kind of like the the best thing for me was Cerrone. But but I but I you know watching it, I could see like the people that really like Pulver, you know, probably would have liked his stuff. And there was hardly anybody in the building either. It was like maybe twenty five hundred people in T Mobile. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, it was kind of sad to see like an empty building like that. I almost wish they would have just had a thousand seat building that was packed, you know, would have looked better, but yeah, they got to do, they got a deal to have the building for three days. So true. True. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, it just kind of sucks to see like all these big, big stars and there's like hardly anybody there, but what can you do? But anyways, UFC 290 was the uh, culmination of, of international fight week and a uh, hell of a show. Like we said, uh, top to bottom. I mean, just, you know, all kinds of great finishes. There was uh UFC record of four 
uh, finishes in the first minute of a fight that uh, hasn't happened since, you know, like maybe the early days. Yeah, the modern, the era, modern era record. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and of course, the, uh, the main event, which I mean, I, the main event was kind of almost a letdown um, in a way. You know, I, in a lot of ways, you know, there was a lot of similarities between the show and Forbidden Door, uh, you know, for wrestling fans out there. Um, because we had like what I think a lot of the people in the building considered the main event uh, in the in the semi-main, which was uh, Brandon Moreno defending his flyweight title against Alessandro Pontoja. But then the actual main event was Alexander Volkanovsky and Yari Rodriguez for the featherweight title. And the the crowd heat was not as strong. And I thought it was really strange. And maybe you expected this because, you, you know, you probably have a better pulse than people than me. But Moreno was the biggest star in the building, I think. Um, he got the biggest reaction. Um, and I think it, was, it seemed like that was what a lot of people were there to see. And you would assume, and especially since all the reactions that all the other Mexican fighters on the show were getting, that Yari Rodriguez might be the second but Volkanovski actually got a bigger pop than Rodriguez, unless I, mean, I was hearing it wrong. There, there was a lot of Australians in the crowd, too, because there was yeah. more Australians than there were Me- Mexicans on the card. I mean, if you actually look at it. Right. But then so it's weird that that Moreno got such a loud pop and those same people weren't popping for Yair, unless maybe they were just let down because Moreno lost. Maybe that was part of it. Yeah, probably probably took some wind out of it. Plus, Moreno is we've talked. About he's popular him. to everybody. He's popular to everybody. And yeah. uh, and, you know, we had this just we were kind of, you know, you, you tried to kind of have this discussion, discussion in the fights. And I said, we'll save it for for another time. But, yeah, I think Moreno is the most popular Mexican fire they have uh, mainly because, you know, he's, when it comes to titles, he was the first. He's also, you know, at least when it comes to Yair, some of, we were trying to compare Moreno and, and Rodriguez and uh, he, you know, he's more likable than Yair. Yes. And he fights more than Yair. And, uh, and he's, he's uh, also like a better fighter, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, yeah. And yeah. And uh, as far as that main event, like I was expecting Fight of the year contender and Volkanovski just went out and showed like why he's arguably second best fighter in the world. You know? <laughs> so if you want to continue the forbidden door parallels, and we're gonna piss off I'm gonna piss off the non wrestling guys here. This was like this was like parallels. <laughs> this was like Sonata and uh Jungle Boy. Like this was like Volkanovski showed up, okay. I gotta defend my title. I'm gonna play with this guy for a few rounds, then I'm gonna finish him. And like that's kind of what he did. Like, I'm not saying Rodriguez. You know, he landed some nice kicks, and but but at no point was Volkanovski even hurt. Yeah, like Volkanovski, it's like he was fully like he like it's almost like he knew exactly what was happening. He was yep. fully prepared for it, and nothing was going to stop him from implementing his game plan. And it, and it was flawless, just a flawless performance. I think this is, you know. I dare say this is Volkanovski's best overall performance. Uh, I, I mean, I have a hard time disagreeing. Uh, you know, I think like the thing is, I think what what maybe in retrospect we're going to look back on, and you know, once some time has passed, like maybe five years or something, and look at those fights that he had with Max Holloway, and realize like just how good he was even then, and we just kind of everyone was looking at Holloway, you know, and and even in the first two fights, thinking that he won, and then in the third one, I mean. If if this wasn't his best performance, that was because he just he like dominated Matt Holloway, Max Holloway for five rounds, and 
Holloway was arguably the best featherweight of all time before that. And, and I think Volkanovsky, like, I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, you know, that, you know, people overlook him when talking about, um, you know, the greatest featherweight of all time, the greatest fighter in UFC today, um, you know, stuff like that, like those kind of conversations, he just doesn't get mentioned in. And I think he will now, um, you know, a lot of people talking about him as number one pound for pound. And it's hard to disagree with that now. Uh, I, I would, I would disagree as long as John Jones is still active. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, but but I mean, I'm sure Volkanovski would disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, no, I love Volkanovski like that. Yeah, that guy is just fantastic. But I mean, but we've been yeah. seeing John Jones for for 15 years now. 15 yeah, years yeah, now. yeah, just his longevity. Yeah, no, no, and and you know, and he's you know the, un, I mean, Long, he hasn't been beaten at lightweight. Longevity, or and John hasn't lost. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. Volkanovski. Now we have seen him lose. Granted, right, weight, weight class above above you know his dominant weight but yeah absolutely i think he moves ahead of adesanya for sure at this point now i've um, already had him i had him ranked ahead of adesanya okay okay fair so, enough. yeah i i moved him back up i moved him back up ahead of makachev even though makachev has the win over him so he um he he won and then tells us that he needs surgery okay so he wasn't even at 100 percent yeah um but uh you know it was enough to beat yair and uh, basically, that was to kind of take it out of people's minds that he was going to uh, defend in Sydney, or is it? Part- uh, it's Sydney. Sydney, yeah, against Ilya Tapuria, which yeah. you know they kind of were. I never thought he was going to be on the Sydney card anyway. Okay. Well, even like I mean, he did take you know he he had some cuts and everything, and it would have been tough to be probably ready two, in nine weeks again. Yeah, yeah, two months. That's that's quick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it won't be for. Uh, Drakus, but it, it will be for would be for Volkanovsky. So and then you know and then you know and there's talk you know about him moving up and then if he moves up then what happens to the 145 belt and yeah. you know I guess that's all. Tapuria they clearly were positioning as the next challenger. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not he goes for the lightweight title or if he defends the yeah, featherweight yeah. title. We'll, t- we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's in our uh, our our uh, we have to talk about segment. Um, anything else you want to say about the main event before we move into the real main event? <laughs> no, just like if you, if, if you weren't on the bandwagon of Alexander Volkanovsky as one of the best, I got my world, hand up. We're not one on the video, best, but my one hand of the best up. in the, one of the best in the world mm-hmm. and possibly an all time UFC, all time great UFC fighter. Like watch this. I mean, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. It's kind of funny because just last week we were talking and. You were talking about Robert Whitaker as somebody that, you know, maybe one of the most underrated guys that nobody ever talks about as an all-time great. And then here we are now talking about Alexander Volkanovsky like that. So Yeah, I think Volkanovsky surpassed Whitaker in that kind of Absolutely. Phrase, Absolutely. Phrase yeah. if you're judging him by, you know, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the uh the co main, um, which uh probably gonna win fight of the year. Um and and honestly, I'm I'm not even sure it was the fight of the night. Which is how good this card was. Yeah, but it's, t- it's tough to, to yeah to pick which one was better. But, but this, I mean, because it was a title fight, because it was you know it was more high profile, people are going to remember this one more. Um, I think at the end of the year when they're you know voting on these kind of things. Yeah, but, yeah, I still think Dan Hooker had a more had the most memorable performance outside. I do Robbie as well. Outside That's of Robbie Lawler on the show, 
Yeah, th- that's why I'm saying like I don't know, you yeah. know. But but I mean, I just like if I had to put money on it, I'd say this is going to win, you know, at this point. But uh, Alexander Pantoja won a split decision over Brandon Moreno. Um, the scorecards were, uh, you know, I mean, one of the scorecards was was kind of wonky. Uh, although I will say, and you know, I listened to your recap with Dave and yeah. and Garrett, and you know, you yourself said three to five were all close. So, I mean, if you gave Brandon Moreno all the close rounds, then 49-46 isn't a bad card. Um, but, I mean, I don't – I mean, the only person that I ever – that I saw give 49-46 Moreno was that one judge. Yeah. Um, I I gave um, I gave Pantoja – I believe I had it 49-46 Pantoja. Um, I – and, uh, I mean, I thought – I thought for sh- – I did think it was going to be a split decision. I was pretty confident that it was going to be a split decision because I've seen enough of these kind of fights to know that one judge is going to just score it wrong. Um, you know, not that, you know, I'm not one of these people who say, oh, it should be a split decision. I'm just saying, like, you know, when you've seen these kind of fights. And and you had an interesting point that I actually disagreed with, and I might almost have to watch the fight again because you said that if you're judging the fight as a whole, you would say Moreno won. Yeah. And, and see, I wouldn't. Um, but damage. I mean, when you, if you looked at the so two, much damage, well, I know, and I was going to say, if you looked at the two guys after the fight, um, Pantoja looked like he had, you know, he looked like a horror movie monster that had just been mutilated, and Moreno looked like he had just been in a fight, you know, like so. Yeah, I mean, Pantoja had a lot more damage, but I just thought Pantoja had so much more control time, and he was doing damage on the ground. Uh, the, I thought the stand up was fairly even. Um, Moreno was obviously doing more damage, but, but you had a couple key blows. I think that, that did that kind of damage, but, uh, it was just a great fight. And even though Moreno's lost three times to Pantoja, one of them was an exhibition. I think like, I think they'd be stupid not to do a rematch. And I think they probably will do a rematch. Yeah. I mean, you say the stand up was even Moreno outstruck him in every round, but the first, but really, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, and and that was significant strikes or overall or both? Uh, uh, significant strikes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. Well, wasn't one of them was even, wasn't it? Or maybe it was like one strike difference. Because I remember at one point showing, seeing the highlight, seeing the stats, and being kind of surprised by it. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I think you know, live and adjusted is different. You know, this these are adjusted after the fact you know oh, okay okay usually okay. a lot of times those life count numbers are off are okay. off a little bit because you know they go back and rewatch it but uh but yeah but still like i uh i actually gave fifth to moreno but i had it 48 47 petosia i gave him what one three and four and i gave okay so you you gave him one three and four and yeah. i gave him i think i gave him one three four and five yeah I actually all think of the four, four all three five. judges gave him four yeah, gave actually, Moreno four. That's weird. Yeah, that, I kind of find that one. I was odd. I was really surprised at that one because I mean I think five was a more for Moreno than four was. I mean five he was he was damaging Pantoja on the on the feet like really good mm-hmm. and to, and then they went out. The argument was you know Pantoja grappling. I mean his grappling wasn't as strong as it was and was you know in the fourth and even in the third, and even in the first and definitely and even in the first. And I even in the thought, third, I saw because we had a lot more. Close, um, 
a lot more people in our discord were talking about uh, this this show than most shows and a few of the people in the discord thought that moreno even won the third just because pantoja pantoja got to take down he had the control time but he wasn't really doing a lot of damage and when they were on the feet moreno was doing damage so by that sense you know like they were saying moreno had won but i think um i think they had somebody had given pantoja 10-8 in one of those rounds too um so anyway, you know they yeah. what was that oh no yeah that's i was saying odd but anyway yeah 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 but i mean it was a super close fight you know regardless and i mean i think if it was 48 47 you know either way i think you'd be okay kind of leaning towards pantoja just because you know the close rounds kind of seemed to be a little bit more for him but um just a just a great super fight so do they do a rematch next do you think I mean, Brandon Royville is there, is there, but I think Pant- let me, I got to look real quick. I can't. Pantoja just beat him two fights yeah. ago. Two yeah, fights submitted ago. him in the second round. Submitted him in the second round, and I mean, he's the number one contender. I think you go rematch just because Moreno's popularity and mm-hmm. the fact that this really was a close fight. I mean, it was, it was razor thin. I yeah. mean, you know, no. However you swing, and I thought the third and the fifth were super close. And however you decide to swing those rounds, it's you know, it's those made the difference. I mean, clearly, kind of, so. kind of funny, kind of funny because if they do a rematch, that would be four fights that Moreno's had with Pantoja and four fights that he had with Figueroa. That's, I mean, that's unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard at flyweight because, yeah. because I mean, Kaikara Francis lost Albazi. He, yeah, he won over Car France, but did he really win over Car France? Royville's just lost to Pantoja, you know. Manel Cobb, Muhammad Mokayev, Tetsu Retira, not ready yet. Needs any bigger wins? Yeah, Manel Cobb, I think is I think is the guy that if he gets a couple impressive wins, I think you can you, you can kind of look at him as as being a future yeah, contender. I mean, he's he's got Kai Car France next yeah and i think i think if he finishes car france they catapult him into like a title eliminator kind of yeah. kind of deal but yeah yeah but uh just just an incredible fight and and i you know i said uh, you know and i think they even put this tweet up um that like even before these for the the title fights like this was already like a card of the year yeah, and then these just kind of put it over the edge into yeah, exactly. that you know you know be, near best of all time um especially that that you know that flyweight title fight just yeah just great yeah. yeah nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away like maybe you like the bears but you're hibernating in panthers territory but with nfl sunday ticket your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control nfl sunday ticket now on youtube and youtube tv Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, and then we got uh, we got the next 
uh, middleweight contender was, uh, you know, kind of crowned. Uh, Jacob Duplessis uh, finished off Robert Whitaker in the second round. Um, he first round was, you know, pretty close. I thought. Um, I don't even remember who I gave it to. Um, but second round, uh, Duplessis just took over and started landing and uh, knocked him knocked him down. Uh, with a jab and then just finished him with punches on the ground. And Whitaker was, you know, it, this was like, is a different Duplessis. Um, he got some surgery, I guess, on his nose to help him with his breathing. And, uh, and he just was determined. And the one thing with Duplessis, and I think he's going to give, um, I think he's going to give Adesanya some trouble. He's so unorthodox, you know, like, I, and, and he's huge. And but and he's he's unorthodox, but he has skill, and and it's going to be tough for for Adesanya. And uh, we we we'll talk about the um, what happened after the fight too. But just tell us a little bit more about this fight because I think I probably missed some details. Yeah, incredible showing for Duplessis. Uh, he definitely won the first. He almost finished. He had Whitaker in trouble at the okay. end of the first. I'm actually, yeah. that one. okay, actually, yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, he looked. I mean, best he's ever looked. Looked, you know, if if that's. If his nose was really a problem and that surgery helped, then, <laughs> then you know, we saw a whole different track against Duplessis here. Just his striking was was incredible. His wrestling was good, really good against Whitaker's a strong wrestler. And, and Whitaker, it's funny, everybody, all week, there was one person that was not overlooking track against Duplessis. Everybody was overlooking track against Duplessis except Robert Whitaker. Whitaker knew yeah. the kind of fight he was going to be be in for and beating Robert Whitaker is a huge, especially at middleweight is a huge feather in anybody's cap. So yeah, try to um, see fantastic showing. If any of you out there listen to my preview that I did with Garrett Gonzalez on, uh, on his fight game podcast extra where I, before every UFC pay-per-view, I do my best bets. I picked Duplessis plus C as well. Um, and I told, I told him, I said he could knock Robert Whitaker out. And and Garrett had not was not even really familiar with uh, Duplessis just because you know he hasn't really fought you know on too many big cards. Exploded on the scene in the last year. Yeah, yeah. So if you're only checking in for you know maybe four or five shows a year, you may not have ever seen him before this. Yeah, he just yeah he was yeah this is what his third pay per view show. uh, Yeah, you know third 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 time on a pay per view card like main card. Yeah, I looked at my notes, and I, I this is why Whitaker was winning the fight. I thought until like the last thirty seconds, um, he, he took down Whitaker, and then he was doing a ton of damage on the ground as as the round was ending. And I thought Whitaker was, you know, ahead uh, leading going into that, but then you know Duplessis just took over, and um, and then yeah, just continued that in a second. But then after the fight, I was really pissed off because I had a side wager on uh, play now. It was they called they have these little things called boosted odds things. And if Duplessis had called out Israel Adesanya, I would have won. But he had to say Adesanya's name before Joe Rogan did. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And he wouldn't say the name. And, and Adesanya's getting into the cage. And then finally, Joe Rogan says his name. And it's like, ah, damn, I lost my bet. But uh, Adesanya gets gets in there and he dropped about 100 end bombs in, in 30 seconds. Uh, I think he was a little drunk. Um, and uh, do you have any confirmation on that? No, I don't think he was drunk. No, okay. So a lot of people thought he was, uh, but but just trying to uh, trying to get inside Duplessis' head. You know, call them. Yeah, so they're both Africans. Duplessis kind of, from what I understand, 
and have read and seen interviews. Duplessis kind of started this, and yeah, people can say say Adesanya's comments however they want, but uh, Duplessis, you know, was talking about you know being a real African champion because yeah. because the whole knock on Adesanya is you know that he's trying to say that Adesanya isn't really African because he lives in New Zealand, so. Yeah. So it's he, like, was, which one of them was it said check the birth certificates? I don't know. Adesanya was poor, <laughs> was born in Africa. I know and, one of them was saying that. Like I, I yeah, can't remember which one, yeah. but they were just like, and, yeah. And you know, there's if you go back in the history of South Africa against Africa, there's yes. a lot of there's yeah. a lot of there's a there's a big history there, and you know, a lot of yeah, a lot of you know, racial Nelson tension. Mandela was in jail for like 36 years. Yeah, you know, apartheid. Yeah. Black, black Africans, black Africans not thinking that South Africans, you know, real Africans, and all yeah. this and that. I think the N word was used for that specific reason because it's yeah. like you're not one of us. You're not this. You're not this. You're not yeah. the N word. You know. You know. Just, There's going to be a ton of heat for that fight in uh, in Sydney. Uh, yeah, maybe. And, yeah, if it happens. And Duplessis is uh, didn't. I don't think he. If it down. happens in Sydney, because I mean Dana. Dana was non-committal because I think he was non-committal because they want to see you know make sure Duplessis isn't hurt. He's ready to he's ready to turn around because you know, and Dana even brought up you know Sean Strickland's name as potential oh. as potential. Okay. So it's not it's not a hundred percent that it's happening, but I mean all indications are that that you know it's what they want. You know, it's yeah, what, yeah. I mean, hopefully. I, the uh, I mean, you're, I you're, asking think... du, you're asking Duplessis to turn around in two two months, and he had a much, I feel like a much harder time than Strickland had, and Strickland's a little, little goofy. So you yeah, know, he doesn't, you know, just you know. And and you know who knows maybe they uh, they can they can do that, and then they can build up Whitaker and Dupl- or I mean Duplessis and uh, Adesanya for a different fight yeah. down the road. Um, Duplessis, I don't think he uh, made himself any fans by uh, kissing forty uh, fives, but after the, after the, all that went down, either. Let's, but let's not even bring. Yeah, we don't need to do that. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was something else. It was it was a spectacle, and I think there was a lot of people, you know. And and you mentioned that this felt like a bigger show than than a lot of them, and maybe even that we thought it was going in. And there seemed like there was a lot more people watching than normally watch a lot of these shows. And I think a lot of them were surprised that, you know, Duplessis gets this win and then they're already talking about him for a middleweight title shot. Like people that don't watch every show that didn't realize like, this is why this, this fight was here was we're hoping that one of the guys would, would get a knockout and they can go right to that title fight and uh, probably works out better that it was Duplessis just because we've already seen Whitaker and Adesanya twice. Um, So yeah, uh, I think this is exactly probably what UFC wanted and, uh, and they got it. And, uh, and yep. and man, like following the fight that they had to follow, um, was uh, you know, and, and maybe, um, yeah, I'll I'll save that for you for your uh, for for maybe for our three stars or do we we can talk. About I don't that. even know if we we. I mean, we don't everybody on three stars. Everybody's everybody star, on the yeah. show could be a, be a star. Yeah, like there was fair so enough. Many, okay, so, so many let's talk about this hooker and turn because I feel because like, I feel like there's three things we three three things we still need to talk about. You know, yeah, you know, have yeah. longer yeah. discussions. Well, about. Hooker Turner, if, Hooker Turner is one of those. Yeah, 
just yeah hooker turner was just a wild fight um <laughs> i love I mean, how i love how i popped dave you know saying dan hooker put on a brian danielson performance yes, because yeah he did break his arm and his orbital bone in the first round so this like is why i put it over the other one is fight of the night yeah. <laughs> you know if dave can give an extra half star because brian danielson had a broken arm i can give him fight of the night for fighting with a broken Dan arm. hooker's just toughness and and it's just incredible. Like his like, arm was hanging there like a spaghetti noodle yeah. in the post-fight interview with Rogan, and yeah. and he's asking him, "Oh, how's your arm? Oh, it's just a scratch. Just a scratch." <laughs> he was he was asking people he was asking people Sunday morning that if that if you're allowed to enter a pub in Vegas with a broken arm, <laughs> yeah, we should we should ask our buddy Logan. Um, <laughs> Stop. Uh, yeah, this was this was something else turner i mean he dominated the first round um to the point where he, he almost finished him i thought like he was well, maybe not almost finished him but he was doing a lot of damage and then even in the second round he was he was winning and then all of a sudden like somewhere in there something snapped in dan hooker's head like he started bleeding and then it was like okay i'm in a fight now and then he just came on and in that last minute he just poured it on with Turner and he ended up getting a rear naked choke. Um, I mean, literally he was two seconds away from a finish. Yeah. Um, like if, if that fight, like, you know, if they, he got the rear naked choke on with about 10 seconds left and Turner was going out and then the bell rang and like, I, I and this, this tweet, I know they put on the screen, like he was literally two seconds away from losing the fight. Yeah. And then, but, but I mean, you could have almost given Turner that round because he did. He no. was winning for no. You can't. No, 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 no. You can't because of you know the fact that he almost got finished. But I'm just saying, like he he was winning the round up until the last thirty seconds, probably. Um, and then he like almost the last got finished. Minute. This is a minute and a half. Last minute, okay. But then he minute almost got half, finished. Yeah. So I, like, I'm not saying like I gave it to Turner. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying like there was a. It was looking like it was 2018 for 14 minutes. And then all of a sudden, no, for, for about on. seven and a half or seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah. and then in the third round, it was closer than the second, obviously, but, but Hooker did enough to win uh, by the end of the fight. Like Turner was just kind of hanging on. And, um, third, and third was a big hooker round. I mean, he was, he was lighting them up everywhere. Yeah, but it was closer than the second. Yeah. Good, Cause right. he didn't almost finish them. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, just an incredible performance. Turner, I don't think he, you say you know, he, I mean, he, he dropped, got win. He dropped Turner, <laughs> did he? In yeah. the third, in yeah, the third. Oh, okay, I just forgot. I guess. Um, I was just so into the fight. I mean, this was just yeah. just a great, incredible. great fight. Like incredible. I mean, Turner did get Turner gas in the second. We missed weight, so the weight cut definitely definitely took effect on him. And I, it's almost like Hooker realized his arm and his overall pro. Bone was bro- broken and almost added like an extra shot of adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. Him. And I'm in the blood. You know, it's just, he bleached his hair blonde for this fight, and it was you know, his yeah. hair was looking reminiscent like Rick of Rick Flair. Flair. It was Rick Flair. Yeah. Rick Flair when Rick Flair was. This bleeding, was. You know? It's criminal that neither one of these guys got a bonus. Hopefully they did. I think Hopefully, they. Yeah. I think they got backdoor bonuses. <laughs> so just. Um. And, so, but it was a split decision. So somebody gave Turner the second Adelaide round. Adelaide Bird gave Turner the second <laughs> round. She's. Okay. She's. She's. Yeah. I mean, we. Yeah. <laughs> me and Dave brought up Cecil Peoples, like you know, yeah. long time judges who just like. 
Allie yeah. Bird, she's known for bad scorecards. So like, and that was because that was the first score that was read too. Um, yeah, I, when like, I heard that, like, I was when I heard that, I'd let an audible of like, what the fuck, out Because well, when no okay, so when they're when they're reading the scores, this is this is a uh, Bruce Buffer. He's like, uh, we go to your judge's scorecard. Your first judge. So as soon as they do that, you know it's a split decision, right? Because they otherwise they would just say, you know, the judge is yeah, scored well, it. Well, no, just yeah, do the yeah. Three when, scores. It's like, when they start yeah. naming the first Allie judge, Bird Adelaide yeah. Bird, you're like, oh, yeah, God. you know, you know, it's like, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I heard that, and I was just like, what the fuck? You're like, you know, now you're just hoping the third per judge isn't like Chris Lee, yeah. or you know, like it's like, uh oh, we might have got screwed here. Yeah. Uh, but so, no, the right guy won. Uh, Dan Hooker and uh, hell of a fight. Um, yeah. And uh, again, you know, like it's funny because, like I said, Pantoja and Moreno got fight of the night. You know, could could be fight of the year. And meanwhile, Hooker Turner was probably actually the fight of the night. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the other, you said there was two other things. The, the other, obviously, Bo Nickel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bo Nickel knocked out Val Woodburn in uh, 38 seconds. Woodburn was uh, he, he was like working on his on his farm like six days ago or six days no, before the fight i know that's what whatever they said um he had a he had a fight schedule on contender series in a month okay. he was training for that so they were they lied because <laughs> they I mean, he literally said they literally said he was cutting his grass back home in jamaica four days ago and now he's fighting in the ufc he's not from jamaica he's from america well, it says he's from Jamaica on his topology page here. Uh, he's from uh, what they said the name of the town. Um, can't remember what the name what the town was, but it was um, they they gave the name. It's not listed here, but uh, I got to look it up. But anyways, they they did say the name of the little village that he was from in uh, in Jamaica. Um, but anyways, he came in. He was undefeated. Um, and Bo Nickel knocked him out thirty eight seconds. Um, wasn't much of a fight. Um, there's not much to say other than you know we we knew Bo Nickel has wrestling we know he's got the submission game now he's got the knockout power people again you know people that don't watch all the shows that you know check in for the big ones and everything are talking oh why don't they just go Bo Nickel against Adesanya right and it's like no 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 slow your roll buddy um, you know he's he's a year away from being a year away but this was as good of a performance as we could have hoped for and maybe even better because I think most people probably figured of submission, but to get a knockout, an impressive knockout like this on a pay-per-view main card. Um, and then he cuts just a great babyface promo afterwards, just talking about how it's more important to be a good father and a good husband than a good fighter. And it's like, man. And then we see that Adesanya thing where he comes off as like the biggest heel. And it's like, man, that's like, that's money down the road, but we're, we're a ways away from there. Yeah. Woodburn lives in trains of Florida, by the way. So, so what's the Jamaica thing? I don't know if I know. Um, okay, you you talk. Say some more about Bo Nickel or this fight. Yeah, yeah, Bo Nickel. Just, I mean, we expected a squash, and you know, especially with the late, late replacement. But uh, the way he did it, you know, with the striking, like shit, that's impressive. You know, knocking knocking a guy down with the left hand, and then you know, almost knocking him out cold with with the right hand. Like that's not what we've seen from Bo Nickel so far. We've seen him take. You know, he didn't have to wrestle. Took the punch at the very beginning, you know, ate it good. Not necessarily a sign of, you know, what he's going to be able to do in the future. But for as far as getting hit, you know, we know he can take at least one punch. So, so there's that. So, but uh, yeah, just 
Bo Nickel. I mean, we're hyping him up. He's the real deal. And, you know, I'm, I was saying two years from now, maybe, you know, he's he's fighting for a title. You know, he fights three, t- three times a year between now and now. If he fights, you know, he's definitely going to fight again this year. And Yeah, he'd, he'd you know, be up to like 9-0, 10-0 then. Yeah, yeah, you know, Tim, I mean, there's guys, you know, that have, you know, 10-0 ten, ten with, you know, with a 7-0 UFC record. Like, that's, you're ready, yeah, you're ready for a shot at that point. And if, like, five or six of them are finishes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So, you know what? A lot of things here, people saying he's from Jamaica. Um, so, I don't know. His share dog thing. His share dog I'm not just looking at share dog. Sheridan thing says he trains in Apopoca, Florida. He lives there. Trains at Fusion XL with like Phil Rowe and all of them. So he was probably just born in Jamaica and then moved to Florida. Probably That's probably how it is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he was. Uh, he did his job. I. Uh, what? Jacques no, Ray I was. Uh, the one who owns the Jimmy. Jimmy. That was Chris Jack. Curtis, though. That was in his corner, right? I didn't look. I don't. I didn't pay oh. attention. Okay, yeah, I'm. Pre- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I saw Chris Curtis there, in his corner. No, I think um, it was Phil Rowe, actually. Uh, okay. Him and Chris Curtis look look similar. You know. I was just reading a, an interview. Uh, that's why I, I I brought up his name, and he was talking about. Um, Chris Curtis was talking about Val Woodburn before the fight, like just kind yeah. of you know answering questions about who he is and what he does and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, the fight that happened just before that, and this was the uh, the main event of the prelims, uh, was one of the best moments of, I mean, in UFC history, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Bo Nickel, or Bo Nickel, Robbie Lawler comes out for his fight with Nico Price and uh, and knocked Nico Price out 39 seconds. Um, you know, just uh, just a clean, straight knockout. Um, Lawler, I don't even think he took a punch. Um, uh, and if he did, he didn't have a scratch. And, uh, and then of course, you know, we all knew he was going to retire and they played a retirement video for him and just the highlights of his career. He, he was in tears. Joe Rogan was pretty much in tears interviewing him. Um, he just got a chance to, he went out on top. He got to give a speech. He, you know, like just couldn't have looked better. And this is after going into the hall of fame as, you know, as part of the fight wing, He'll probably go into the Hall of Fame, you know, probably next year, honestly. At some point, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame as just a fighter, um, you know, former former champion and, uh, you know, longtime legend of the sport. Just incredible career. First fought in the first ever uh, fight on cable TV. Um, just couldn't have gone better. This was so great. Yeah, I mean, it's the best retirement UFC has ever had. I mean, we and we often criticize UFC for how they don't – how they don't necessarily treat fighters well in retirement as far as like moments like this, especially when they, I mean, this one, they knew they were coming, but there's a lot of ones they know are coming and, you know, you mm-hmm. can be, be prepared. Like, you know, you know, we all knew, we all kind of knew the Nunez one was coming and they didn't do anything, you know, special for that when they could have, but this one, you know, this is just a special moment. There's a home run by the UFC and Zach. Well, it, wor- it worked out Zach really well too, because yeah. they had all that time, right? Like in the time, broadcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. They did, and it just it's, it's probably you know most story, the best storybook ending in UFC history, maybe. You know? Maybe 
I mean, I yeah, I mean, you know what? The Nunez one was really good too. Um, Nunez one was really I, good, but I mean, I think more the fact that we knew this one was actually coming. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Cerrone went out with a loss. Um, you know, most people go out with a loss. Most people I mean, go out with a loss. Yeah, it's yeah. Usually, Frankie Edgar. It's, it's usually sad and all that, and just you know, this this one wasn't. This was. I mean, this one this one had people in tears for all the right reasons. When when I was when I was talking to Garrett on uh, Friday before the show, I you know he mentioned like I don't want to see Robbie Lawler go out you know like Chuck, like uh, you know like Frankie you know and I'm like you know what he could knock Price out yeah <laughs> you know I mean they, they I, gave I, him a, they gave him a perfect opponent because Nico yeah. Price is tough but can be finished we've seen him knocked out by people yeah and and I mean and it also could have been like just a knockdown dragout war like the Barbarino yeah. fight you know yeah. um so you know it, it, there's a lot of ways this fight could have gone. And uh, I think most of the ways that it could have gone would have meant that Robbie Lawler was going to go out on his shield. Um, I don't think anybody really thought it was going to go like this. And, uh, and, and because of that, it made it all that be- much better. Like not to say, I thought there was a real good chance he was going to win. I thought there was a chance he might knock him out. I didn't think it was going to happen with one punch. Um, so uh, yeah, just, just a great thing. And I know Lawler's one of your favorite fighters, yeah. um, you it's know, and uh yeah, so to see that, you know, must have been great for you. Yeah, um, I mean, we, you know, Robbie Lawler, the consummate professional, 22-year career, 47 yep. fights, never missed weight, never even came close to never once. missing weight. Like, nope. just, you know, just, just, I mean, if you're a young fighter getting into sport, you want to find a veteran to look up to, he's high on the list. Man, and when he came out for the Hall of Fame, that was honestly, you know what? I said, Cerrone, the Lawler thing might have been one of the highlights. He comes out, I mean, and, and dude is in the middle, you know, at the end of a of a camp. You know, he still hasn't, he's still cutting weight, and he comes out and he he's wearing like a like a pink like polo shirt and like you know nice nice shorts. You know, yeah. <laughs> like he just, he just comes like, out. There. He comes out at like 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 guys. I've been I've been cutting weight. I threw something on. I'm gonna yep. come give this speech, and then I'm gonna get the hell out of here and go cut more weight. Yeah, and but but yet he still gave a great speech, yeah. and uh, you know he was honored to be there, and uh, just you know just a great like just the nicest guy in the world. And yeah. and you look at him, yeah, and the fact that he's going out and he's still got all his faculties together. Like I saw Connor on Twitter, you know, like I'm sure Connor would love to fight him, um, you know, but uh, I just hope he doesn't fight again, and I don't exactly. think he will. He's not going to. He's he's yeah. been open about. Lawler's been open about how much he dislikes training camps. Now okay, training, well there you go. And he'll just he'll he'll he's he's involved with that ATT right. Like he'll do he'll he'll train guys with, and with uh, uh not ATT with uh uh what's with Henry Hoof and all them the Black Zillions whatever Killcliff oh. MMA now. Oh, he's with me. them. Yeah, he's okay. with them. Yeah, because he was with ATT at one point, right? No. Well, he thanked Dan Lambert in his speech for getting him ready for the Roy McDonald fight. Oh yeah, yeah, he did go to ATT for a little. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. I was. So I, was I just wanted to make sure I wasn't nuts. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. But but he's going to help out with that camp and uh, and uh, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lawler's not going to come back. I mean, if he did, it'd be one of those things where he didn't have to. If he didn't have to train, you know, he could just roll out of bed and fight. But the, you know, he's he's done. You know, there's there's time. There's time and don't don't ruin this moment by coming no, no, back. Not at all. Not at all. This is like Michael Jordan hitting the last shot, um, you know, in the uh, NBA finals. Just stay retired. Yeah. Um, 
Kyle, Rip- <laughs> Kyle Ripken hitting a home run in his last All Star game. Like, yeah, like Jeter. Didn't Jeter hit a home run in his last game too, or something? I think. I think, I think he did something in his last game. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Uh, but yeah, the rest of, and the, the rest of the card, uh, you'll go over the results. I just wanted to add uh, the only down thing on the card. I thought you know just a little bit was. See, you know, and and it, I mean, it's still great for for Denise Gomes, but uh, you know, Yasmin Jergui getting knocked out in twenty seconds—that was not great for UFC because they, you know, they have a lot of stock in her, but she's young and she'll, she'll bounce back from. Yeah, that. and Denise Gomes is a hell of a fighter too, and just you know, she, she is. So that was like, you know, mini Vanderlei-ish, you know, kind yeah, of. yeah, just just I don't think like Jergui just didn't know what hit her. Yeah. You know, twenty seconds, and like there, this wasn't a one punch. Like, I think she, I don't know two, how many she landed. Well, it was two. It was two really good ones that could, yeah, that knocked yeah Yargway down. Yeah, I think the ref kind of wanted to see if Yargway could come back, and and yeah. she, you know, she couldn't obviously. But uh, do you do you want to do the rest of the fights, or is there anything else you want to talk about specifically? No, uh, no, nah, nah, anything. Well, I'll go over for get during. Uh, kicked off with a lightweight fight. Esteban Revovic's uh, unanimous decision over Camuela Kirk, uh, 29-28 across the board. Kirk won the first round with a early takedown and spent an entire round on top. And then Revovic took over in the second and the third with the striking, landed with a lot of volume. Uh, you know, third third round, both of, both of them had takedowns, but Revovic's did better with his. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, clear win for him. And then we had a, a knockout of the year contender in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Opinion, a uh, flyweight fight. He's just Aguilar uh, knocked out Shannon Ross in 17 seconds. Literally, the first right hand Aguilar threw Ross went out cold. It was just, just fantastic. Knock, just knockout. dropped like a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Like, yeah. great knockout. Great knockout. Then we had a bantamweight fight. Cameron Simon, uh, first round TKO over Terrence Mitchell. Uh, just uh, didn't, Mitchell took him down, took him down. Simon was, you know, kept his composure on the ground, got the back, eventually just started pounding away on him and to get the finish. So there's that. And then we had uh, Vitor Petrino, uh, third round submission over Marcin Pragnio. Uh, Pragnio was was doing some good work on the feet. Uh, Petrino, I thought, was landing with more damage in the first and the second. And then his grappling in the first and the second was, was better. And then he got Pragnio down in the third and dominated him from the mount. Got the mount, got the arm triangle, great show for Petrino. Uh, then we had a then on the ABC we had Alonzo Minifield second round submission over Jimmy Crute. Uh, first round min, first round I thought I thought it was it was a weird one to score in my opinion. I know a lot of people. I know most everybody said Minifield, Minifield because he hurt Crute twice standing, standing. But uh, if you actually watch the clinch, like Crute did a ton of work in that damn in that clinch. Clinch. I mean, he he landed like three three times as many strikes as Minifield did in the round. Round it was all in the clinch, but uh, but Minifield hurt him, hurt him definitely standing. And in the second round, Crute went for went spamming for takedowns. Minifield was able to grab the neck, locked in a tight guillotine choke. Crute pretty much immediately tapped, like the moment yeah, his neck got. I think taken. he was getting tired. Like, yeah, yeah, and uh, so big win for Minifield. Crute took his gloves off after the fight and put him down in the center octagon, and his coaches told him to go pick those up so I mean, you know <laughs> so like you know who you know who knows what his future is you know he's young you know he's young and it's probably a very emotional loss for him and he's and you 27. know 27 you know a lot of times you know especially when fighters are that young like 
Like, you know, when they start doing that, that's like the spur of the moment, emotional decisions. And that's probably what it was. And that's probably why his corner is like, go pick those up. You know, you know, we know you're not really thinking about this. You're just upset about what happened. But anyway, yeah. And then uh, Denise Gomez, like, as we just talked about, 22nd finish over Yasmin Yargway. Uh, landed two hard right hands that dropped Yargway. And then just brutal ground and pound from the top. Got the end. Got the finish. Uh, then we had a Tetsuru Tyra. Uh, unanimous decision over Edgar Cherise, 29-27 across the board. Uh, Tyra had a 10-8 round in the second. First round, uh, Cherise, excuse me, hiccups. Uh, Cherise was doing better on the feet early, and then Tyra got him down. And then there was a moment where Cherise, for probably a good minute and a half, kept putting his toes in the fence and grabbing Oh, my God. And Herb just kept sitting there warning him and warning him and to the point where it's like, fuck, Herb, just take the point. Like, come on. I was screaming at my screen, and my wife, like, runs downstairs. She thought I was yelling for her. Like, I was so mad at Herb. Yeah, like, take at some point, you just just take the fucking point. And uh, it's just like, God, and it's happening too much. Like, he's got, like, Yaya Rodriguez got away with, like, two or three clear fouls in the in the main yeah. event and just was just like, don't do that again. You know, you yeah. know, it's like, come on guys, you know, we, like, we preach about, you know, get, taking points for these fouls, you know, especially something blatant. But even if, even if like, like Herb said something like three or four times and even swapped the guy's leg and he was kept doing it. And Herb's just standing there like a big dummy, dummy doofus, not doing anything about it. You know, just man, take the fucking point. Herb. All right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. Tyra won. Great win for him. Future contender yeah. there. Then we had Robbie Lawler knocking out Nico Price in 38 seconds. You know, fantastic moment. All time. Uh, moment. One thing we didn't mention was when he, do- when he did knock him out, Price went down and Lawler just stood over him. Like he didn't want to hit him again. And then the ref just came in and like stopped. Well, him. you know, he very, very clearly crumpled to the mat to the point yeah. where like you knew he was done and Lawler, yeah. you know, Lawler class. saw that. Just class. Lawler saw that. Yeah. Knew it yeah. was over. And then uh, on the main card, yeah, Bo Nickel, uh, 38 second TK over Val Woodburn. Dan Hooker split the scissors over Jayla Turner in, in a just incredible fight. Dragons to play C. Second round finish Robert Whitaker. Alexander Prentelja beat Brandon Marino, become the new flyweight champion. Another really fantastic fight. You know, just go out of your way to see this main card. And then Volkanovski over Yair Rodriguez. Fantastic performance in the main event. We didn't mention Julia Pena in the corner of Yair Rodriguez. Let's not uh, mention screaming her. louder than the, the sold out T Mobile. Um, the uh, in an absolute crime. Dana White only gave four performance bonuses. Um, no fight of the night for Jalen Turner and and, uh, and Dan Hooker. No well, performance techni- bonus. And technically, Jalen Turner was not eligible for oh, okay. it. We're getting technical because he missed weight. No, no performance bonus for Jesus Aguilar, even though he might have had the knockout of the year. Um, the fight of the night went to Moreno and Petosia. The performance of the night, uh, two of them only, went to Duplessis and, and Gomes. And... Uh, Lawler didn't even get a performance bonus. Like, come on. They said they were taking care of Robbie Lawler. Okay. For, <laughs> probably they should take more. care of Nico Price. 
Nico Price should get 50k for that. And it was implied that Lawler was getting far more than fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, so they, I think they wanted to keep that one on the hush hush. Yeah, <laughs> so, but but uh, uh, I thought you know like Jay, um, uh, Nico Price did his job. He he should get a little something something too, um, because uh, you know he he just went out there and yep, yeah, uh, pin me, pay me. Um, so yeah, uh, there was. Um, I don't see a car. Oh, there, I don't have the uh, gate or uh, attendance here. 19,204 19, uh, gate, 9,750,000. Holy crap. That's that's big. For uh, Only the third biggest of the year for them, though. I bet you, like, I wonder where that ranks for a featherweight title fight that doesn't involve Conor McGregor. Uh, I bet you it's number one. It's number one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's number yeah. One. That's uh, that's I mean they're just they're so hot right now it's crazy, um all right so that was uh, UFC two ninety, um and uh, we have our uh, coming up on uh, busy week coming up actually like crazy week because I've only got the streaming and it's a whole page here on topology of uh, of streaming stuff for this week but we won't we won't talk about all of them uh, but uh, uh, the we do have um, I'll just talk about the fight pass stuff. Yeah, there's stuff here that isn't Fight Pass. What is this? Hang on. Stream. Uh, what do we got? Uh, CFFC on UFC Fight Pass on Friday night uh, from Mississippi. Uh, we got a one fight night on Amazon Prime uh, this week, which uh, let's see if there's anything interesting on here. Just Gary, uh, Gary Tanan. Oh, yeah, Gary Tanan uh, in the uh, co-main. Amir Ali Akbari is another yeah, somewhat name. That's that's about it. Um, and who's uh, he's fighting Shamil Gasanov, undefeated uh, lightweight from Russia. So that's on uh, Amazon Prime, which that kind of snuck up on me. Uh, we got Tough Enough uh, from Vegas on um, on Fight Pass on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, scrolling down here, uh, KSW um, on uh, and this uh, big fight in the. Uh, in the main event here, uh, that'll be on Fight TV and uh, in Canada here on uh, the Fight Network. Uh, Phil DeFries, former UFC fighter, in the main event against Simon Bejor. Uh, scanning to see if there's any other. Bruno Santos on the card. Damien Stasiak, another uh, former UFC fighter on, on the undercard. So those shows are always great. And uh, anything else? Oh, we got Cam, Cam 20. Um, and uh, yeah, the other than that, it's uh, UFC. Uh, unless there's anything else you see there that you want to highlight, uh, Anthony Pettis show on Sunday. Oh wow, that's page two. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, on Fight Pass? Yeah, Fight Pass. And yeah, Fury FC eighty one on Fight Pass. Oh yeah, there it is, Anthony Pettis FC eighty one. Uh, the the guy in the main event is actually named Pettis. No, no relation, spelled slightly differently. Uh, and then, yeah, a lot of lot of uh, a lot of prospects on this yep. card. Yeah, uh, I, I uh, so where's that? That's in Richmond. Oh, not in. Uh, you'd think it was Milwaukee with being there. No, and then uh, Fury Fury FC as well on uh, on Fight Pass on Sunday afternoon from uh, San Antonio. That's uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the Texas Indy. Yeah, yeah, Texas. Yeah, I'm trying to see if they have anybody of note because sometimes they do. Marcelo Rojo, former UFC fighter. Mo, oh, yeah. Mo Miller, who uh, has been on Contender Series a couple times. 
yeah, big, yeah, a lot of real experience uh, fighting the main event. Um, yeah. Marcelo Rojo and Miki Linares. Uh, he's seventeen and three. Cody Steele is a guy that uh, you probably want to keep an eye out for on this card as well. Um, fighting in uh, on the he's three and zero lightweight. Um, so yeah, that is the upcoming events, and then that leads us into Sunday night. Which basically in the in the pay per view time slot, right? Um, uh, uh, there's a ESPN show headlined Saturday, by uh, Saturday Holly Holm. Saturday night, not Sunday night. What did I say? Did I say you Sunday? Said Sunday? You said Sunday. Okay, night. well, I, I said yeah, Saturday night in the basically in the pay per view time slot, right? Yep. Like the main card is at starting at ten Eastern, uh, nine Central, um, and uh, I mean big main event. I mean big. Well, I'd say big main eventer, Holly Holm. Um, you know, one of the one of the bigger stars in UFC, and then the rest of the card is not much, uh, but it is an ESPN card, so um, they've kind of tried to set set up some interesting fights on the uh, on the main card. But uh, this one now, I mean, with the retirement of Amanda Nunez, um, you know, this basically could be like a like a number one contenders fight in a way. You know, like whoever wins yeah. this probably going to challenge whoever is the first champion. I would think. Yeah, you would think. I mean impossible home wins and slides into the title fight because you know much of you know name recognition probably have a lot and and well depending yeah because how of, you know whether she takes damage or yeah well i mean who, you know there might be december before they do the women's bantamweight title too so so yeah but uh they've got, yeah. they've got main events for what their next five or six pay-per-views already right yeah yeah you know who knows when they're gonna do it but uh yeah big fight for holly Holm. you know wanted to stay stay out of that gatekeeper spot stay relevant Myra brayna silva first main event uh she's looked great since moving up to bantamweight three straight wins uh two straight finishes you know just just uh yeah and just big fight for her so so big step up time to see if she's uh Ready to be a contender or not? Yeah, so it's an interesting main event. Not not the not the most exciting one on paper. Probably won't be the most exciting one in execution. But uh, yeah, but you know, because we see a lot of Holly Holm fights, it's a lot of a lot of grunting and a lot of you know staying outside on the outside. Although Silva's going to have to really pressure her a lot. But uh, and, you know, and most of most of Holmes fights go the distance. So. So, you know, I'm expecting 25 minutes here, here, you know, so. Oh, God. And that's going to be at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, they, there's actually a lot of the fights on this main card are probably going to be like that. So it could be could be a tough watch. I mean, Ottoman Azatar is a pretty exciting fighter. Um, McKinney and Setikoff. Well, I don't, I don't want to spoil your three fights to watch, but yeah, um, there there's some there's some fights on this main card that might not be great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I could see um, they they got uh, Delma Milena back on the card. He was supposed yeah. to fight this past week, but uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in this just because you know it's Holly Holm, and uh, yeah. but I mean she doesn't usually have. It's funny when she comes out. It's it's usually got like a big fight feel, but then the fight starts and it's like, oh, it's Holly Holm, uh, yeah. you know. So that's probably what I'm going to feel like on on Saturday or yeah. possibly even Sunday morning. Yeah, you know, and then, and then you know, top it off. This is in the apex, so. Oh God, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought. Oh man. Oh jeez, I should have known with the fight that served from the top that this was an apex card. <laughs> um, the 
Oh man, this is going to be a tough watch. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But I will watch it. I mean, it's just ridiculous that they, they're still doing this. I mean, we'll talk about this every time because they keep doing it, but um, they're going to keep doing it until, until somebody steps up and tells them not to. And, and yeah. if I'm somebody who's, who's negotiating a next TV deal, yeah, I'm putting in the contract. I don't no. want any, any of these, you big any of these UFC shows at the apex and unless, happen, right? unless there's another pandemic um yeah. you know which god god forbid that happened um but uh, yeah i uh but but, honestly uh, I, I do think it hurt, i do think this hurts viewership oh absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah um all right can you find three fights i mean what we had four or five women's fights on this card that's i mean four i'm not complaining fight, yeah. but yeah um, i got three i got three fights Okay, well, I know one of them for sure. I'm not sure about the other two. But. Yeah, number number one is a fight that was literally added to this card probably within the last two hours. Jack Della Maddalena against Basil Hafez. Um, Maddalena was supposed to fight this past week weekend. We'll kind of get into it later in our news rundown. Rundown yeah. what happened, but either way, he didn't he didn't fight. Said he was going to stay in Vegas for an extra extra week. Tried to fight on this card. I didn't think that was a great idea. I thought they should have hold him off for the Sydney show, you know, because, yeah. because now this probably takes him out of the running. But uh, they got him opponent, Basil Hafez, decent. Uh, Fury, Fury FC, welterweight champion, I believe is, he is. Might be a lightweight champion. I don't know. Decent record. But uh, he, he's he's basically kind of being a lion, lamb being, or lamb being led to slaughter, you know, because Madalena is fantastic. And, the only reason this is on my three fights to watch is because he's the number one fighter on this show out of anybody, even over the main eventers. The one guy you need, the one fighter on this show to keep an eye on. He's fantastic. Uh, number two, I actually like this lightweight fight, Nazim Sadikov against Terrence McKinney. It's a dangerous fight for McKinney to be taken coming off of a loss. Sadikov's got a decent uh, win streak, uh, looked good in his debut. McKinney has... He's shown flashes of brilliance, but he's also shown he's also been knocked out. You know, his twin, his chin is a question. I mean, granted, that flying knee that he took from Ismail Bonfim back in January that probably knock out anybody. Uh, you know, and even Drew Dober finished him with starting with a knee. So if he can avoid being need, yeah, he might have a good showing. And then number three, you know what, featherweight fight. Tucker Lutz against Melsic Bogdazarian. Uh, Bogdazarian uh, is coming off a loss, but he'd been looking good before that. And uh, just, just a really solid contender. And uh, Tucker Lutz usually has some fun fights. So that'll be one to keep an eye on. I'm I'm amazed you didn't pick Ottoman, Ottoman Azatar and Francisco Prado. Almost did. Yeah, because Prado is like one of the youngest fighters in UFC. He's only 21. Uh, lost his UFC debut, but he had finished every single fight he'd had before that. Um, and and, uh, and Azatar is like probably the best bet on this card to like get a knockout. Um, you know, he's uh, he's another one that like I'm looking at his record. I think he finished every single fight, uh, almost all of them in the first round. And then he lost in the first round in his last fight to Matt Frivola. So, um, I think that one's like guaranteed to be fighting night. I'm going to give you – how many fights are on this card? 14? 14. 14. Okay, so that's a long card. And uh, some of these fights might go the distance, and it's starting late, and it's in the apex. So if you're watching this show on a delay, like I probably will be, I'm going to give you three fights to skip 
Um, so uh, I'm going to tell you that you can skip Ashley Evan Smith and Aylin Perez. That fight's going to suck. Um, that's on the prelims. Um, Norma Dumont and Chelsea Chandler. I mean, it might be an okay fight, but they're fighting at featherweight, and there isn't even a featherweight division, so that's irrelevant. And Wal Harris and Josh Parisian, the Ryan Frederick Apex Heavyweight Special. It's not um, the it's not the Ryan Fred. No, I gave it a different name. Then. All right, sorry, whatever sorry. it is, you can skip it. It's gonna suck. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wal Harris fight. You know, he's actually. I don't want my name fight. attached to shit. Okay. All right. So. All right. But those three fights you can skip. Um, but uh, Ryan, <laughs> I've yeah, never done the that fact before. That this, the fact that this fight card starts at six, and the way it is. Tells me one thing. I need to take a nap during the afternoon before this shit starts. I, I will tell you, I, I think there's no Jays game, so that, that helps. But um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start watching the show, and then I'm going to watch Collision. And then I'm going to I'm gonna skip through, and I'm going to go as long as I can. But there is no way I'm staying up until I can finish these fights. Like uh, I'm going to fall asleep in the main, in the main I, card. I know I am. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm sleeping in that day, and I'm sleeping all afternoon. So people... James Brown, uh, please don't <laughs> text me at 7 a.m. in the morning like you do every morning. Every morning. <laughs> wow. I I All I ever get is uh, hate mail from uh, James telling well, James, me that he, uh, tell, telling me to shut up about Brandon Moreno being the biggest star on the show, even though he was. I told um, you he was fucking with you, but I know he's, he good, was. he's a good friend. So, he's a great yeah. dude. He's a great dude. Yeah. All right. Tell but, us about uh, the rest of these uh, quote-unquote fights. Okay. So, <laughs> as I said, Jack Della Maddalena fighting basil half as because it was just added to the card we don't know where it's going to be i'm assuming they're going to throw that on the main card so yeah. uh, put it this way but right now what we have listed everything's going to be on espn and also espn plus uh, it kicks off at seven eastern time prelims as listed right now are uh, starts off with a women's bantamweight fight ashley evan smith against Alan perez lightweight fight alexander munoz against carl deaton a flyweight fight that's actually a pretty interesting fight. Uh, Tyson Nam against Azat Maxim. Maxim is making his debut, but he's 16 and 0, uh, yep. very dangerous flyweight. So, honestly, I that should probably honestly be on my three fights to watch, but uh, but yeah, that's a that's an interesting fight. We have a lightweight fight Evan Elder against Gennaro Valdez and featherweights Austin Lingo against Melchizel Costa. And then a women's strongweight fight Victoria Dudakova in her UFC debut against Estela Nunez. Then featherweights Tucker Lutz against Melsic Bagdasarian, and then the main card as listed of now kicks off with lightweight fight Nazim Sadikov against Terence McKinney, another lightweight fight Otman Azatar against Francisco Prado, women's featherweight fight Norma Dumont against Chelsea Chandler, heavyweight fight Walt Harris against Josh Prezian, middleweight co-main event Albert Durayev against Jun Young Park, and in the main event women's bantamweight fight Holly Holm against Myra Bueno Silva. That uh, Comain might might be kind of fun too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Park good. is uh, Park's an exciting fighter. Comain's good too. So yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, seven p.m. Eastern main card kicking off at ten. Probably go till about one one thirty Eastern. So long long night long long night of fight fans. Uh, yeah. But uh, no baseball, so we we should be good. Uh, or is maybe that might be the first night back from the Australian. I'm not sure. Yeah, baseball will be back on Friday. Oh, Friday? Okay. So yeah, I do have baseball. Then yeah, there's no way I'm watching that. Yeah, all star breaks only like three, four days now. I, I mean I will watch it, but there's no way I'm gonna watch it all on Saturday. You see who I don't know what's going on in the home run derby, but you see Julio Rodriguez hit forty one home runs in the first round. No, no, I'm derby. I'm taping it, but I'm just gonna watch Vlad, so, I think. If I kind of a spoiler, but no, go that's watch fine. That's fine. Well, I, I guess that's telling you go watch Julio Rodriguez's first round. 
I will. I will. Well, I've got it on on the record, so I got to watch Raw and then that. But, um, all right. Question of the week. Uh, right. Yeah, that's what we got next. So I do. It's you gave it to me, and I got a question for you. Um, so we're going to talk about John Jones in a little bit. Uh, but you know, we we've talked about this on the show in the past. He might be winding things down. I mean, you know, next fight might be the last one. Uh, Conor McGregor is you know may or may not fight again. You know, we don't know um, if he does. He's going to fight Chandler, but we don't know how long he's got. So my question for you, and those are like the two far and away biggest stars. Adesanya is kind of a level below them, but probably the biggest active star they have right now that fights regularly. But if you had to guess or if you had to you know educate a guess based on what you know and you know more than most people when it comes to mma who is the next fighter that could potentially be a connor a ronda a gsp like a signature ufc star that isn't there yet uh but but could be and and to be that you have to have the fighting ability and you have to have the market ability and you have to have the charisma and the promos you have to have it all is there anyone or and if there is a like who's the closest and who's the next one? That's I would my say question. I would say number one on my list is probably Bo Nickel. Okay. You know, fighting ability, promo, promo ability. If you saw that promo he cut, yeah. he cut afterwards, fantastic. I can talk. Yeah, I think he's got some charisma. Uh yeah. Uh you know, him, Sean O'Malley is still there. Yeah, O'Malley's a good one. O'Malley, especially if he becomes champion. Uh, Ilya Tapiri could be something could be big in Spain. Oh, really? Okay, that's yeah. that's kind of out of out of nowhere. One, yeah, uh, he's got fighting ability. He's got a good look. Uh, you know, so uh, trying to think off the top of my head. You know, they should they should spend a lot of time building up Volkanovski too. So, but uh, I. He's been around for a long time. Been around for a long time, yeah. Already. And I don't know if he's ever going to get there. Um, uh, can, can I throw a couple names at you? Yeah, and yeah. and tell me what you think. He, here, here's here's one, and I think injuries have slowed it down. But somebody they need to put all their eggs in the basket on two again is uh, Yuri Yuri Prochaska. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he's probably got potential to be like more of a worldwide star than yeah. maybe. Um, a US American, media. yeah. Okay, I, I got three names I want to throw at you, and then I want to ask you something else. Okay, um, one guy we saw this week, Cameron Simon. Simon, what do you think about him? Uh, uh I mean, we're early, right? But yeah, to be determined on that one, yeah. But I think there's a lot of potential there, like, he's yeah. he's very likable, he's got a great look. Um, obviously young. he's an undefeated fighter, very, young. very young. He's only yeah. 22. Um, all three of these names I'm going to give you are very yeah. young. So, but, but some of them are a little more, you know, experienced than yeah. Samen. Joe, F- Joe Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer's a good one. Yeah. Like that guy has got something, you know, that not a lot of people have. And what's he got like four finishes in a row now? Yeah. Um, and they and, got a catchphrase for him too, you know, be yeah. Joe Pfeiffer. Yeah. And he's only 26, which I thought, you know, I looked, I just looked that up and I would have thought he was like maybe 31 or something like, you know, so, but he's experienced, you know, for a 26 year old. Um, and a uh, guy we've talked about a lot in this show before, but not a lot recently, uh, Ian Gary. Yeah. Ian you know, Gary's a good one. He's good looking dude. Great promo. 
Um, you know, it comes from the UK, so you know he's going to have Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. That's part of the UK, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean specifically. Ireland. Oh yeah, specifically Ireland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ireland, Ireland gets behind their their people. Yeah. Like he'll headline a show in Dublin at some point and he'll be like the biggest star in the world that night, you know, like when when we talk about him. And then like, what about for women? I mean, Aaron Blanchfield, we've talked about. Yeah. uh, Trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Who's the flyweight that uh, just came back? Um, Or or is she strawweight? the one that had all that hype that you called the a future Tati- champion. Tatiana Suarez. Yeah. Yeah. Her I don't story. know if she's got she's, the personality to be a huge draw. Sure, she's got the story. So she does have the story, but I think Blanchfield has the personality too. Like yeah. I, you know, I could be wrong there, but yeah. I feel like there's some, there's, I feel like there's a young woman's fighter out there. That's that I'm not thinking that I can't think of right now. Well, and the other one is, is, uh, you know, the champion. Um, Whaley. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and, and we don't know how, like, I don't really know how big she is in China. You probably have a better. She's pretty big in China. Yeah. And that's a really important market for them. So, um, and even, even, um, God, I'm drawing a blank on her name again. Freaking, I was there. Grasso. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, kind of a mini Moreno. Um, but yeah, just uh, interesting because I think like the, usually when when one is ready to go, there's the next one ready. And it just to me, like it didn't seem like we have an obvious candidate for like the next one other than Nickel, but he's not ready. Um, and but we may have a bit of a period for and it's a really critical time right now. So maybe we can we can bring in Rhonda to to cover that gap. We can maybe try to get another fight or two out of John Jones and while Nichols getting ready, while some of these younger fighters are getting ready and and uh, to get us into that next era. Uh, yeah, but it's always exciting when there's like a big, big, huge name for you know. It just makes the sport fun to watch and everything. So uh, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so I took you off guard there. I didn't it didn't give you ahead of time, but I thought you came up with some good answers there. Um, and then, uh, so speaking of, uh, big stars and, uh, you know, well, guy that's not a huge draw, but is arguably one of the best fighters in the world. Islam Makhachev, well, he's not arguably, he is one of the best fighters in the world. Islam Makhachev, our, we have to talk about segment. We got to talk about who his next opponent's going to be because we have no idea. Yeah. They, uh, there's a big question coming out, coming out of this weekend. So Islam Makhachev, first of all, he's been ready to fight for months from, from now, uh, the UFC's Abu Dhabi partners specifically requested him uh, to fight on on the Abu Dhabi card, so that's why he's been being held off for Abu Dhabi. Now the question is, who the hell is he going to fight? We thought after Charles Oliveira beat Benil Darius that it was going to be Oliveira. Oliveira said this weekend he's not going to be ready to fight in October. He says November December would be good for him. He's not going to be ready in October. October. Don't know if he's got lingering in- injuries or what. Didn't say. Just not ready in October. So after that, you would think, okay, uh, Volkanovski. Uh, Volkanovski is not out of the question right now. You know he he wants that he wants that lightweight title. He said he's going to undergo arm surgery, but from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like anything that's going to be major. It's a bat. It's enough to keep him off of Sydney. But he he said that he's impl- I don't know if he's said it or implied it, 
but he kind of gave a hint that he would be ready to go for the Abu Dhabi date because that Abu Dhabi date is late October. It's like October 20, 24th or something like that. 20th or something, you know, That's somewhere 19 weeks from now, the, the next to last Saturday in, in, uh, in October. So, uh, yeah, so there's that. But if Volkanovski can't go, there's a big question mark now because, you know, you could, in theory, in theory, you know, if neither one of those two are available, in theory, you could go to who wins the Dustin Poirier-Justin Gaethje fight. However, that's a quick, that's a three-month turnaround for, for whoever wins, less than three-month turnaround. Plus, we're all expecting that fight to just be an absolute war to where either one of those guys fighting less than three months later is out of the question. So while it's not impossible, I would say it's very unlikely whoever wins that fight would be ready. So at that point, you're starting to look at who's who's available. Um, Armin Sarukian's got an impressive win streak, not a big name. Matus Gamro, uh, you know, coming off a win, not a big name. You know, Michael Chandler, we don't know about the Sassa Connor fight, but at the same time, Michael Chandler is coming off a loss and has lost three of his last four. So, but uh, he's got the name and it's a, and it's a, and, it, and I can see them, you know, if there's, if we don't know where, when the Connor fight's going to happen, you know, I could see them doing that as a make good to him, to him. Connor keeps saying December, you know, on, you know, I don't, nobody knows what the fuck is going on with USADA, what's going to happen there. And this whole, this whole thing has just gotten stupid. And, you know, it's really making everything look bad. It's making the UFC's drug testing system look bad. It's making, it's making USADA look bad. I mean, we've had guys who are calling retirement, retirement to, <laughs> to USADA. I mean, Darren Till flat out said, he asked for his release from the UFC so he could get out of the USADA pool to take steroids for his knee because he said, "I my knee is fucked up and it won't heal, heal properly. And the doctor someone told me, told me the only way it's going to heal properly is if we use some stuff that is illegal under USADA. So he got it. So he worked to get his release to, to take, you know, illegal substances that would help. That would actually help him. You know, these, you know, some, Everybody, you know, you have this the stigma about steroids, and yes, they're bad, but they also come good in handy for injury recovering injuries that are that have been otherwise hard to recover, you know, more natural way. So, you know, there there is some slight benefits to some of them. Use some sometimes. Cerrone was was talking about this weekend, like you know, one of the joys he's he's has in retirement is he's out of USADA so he can take steroids to look a certain way for, for, for to get into <laughs> acting. I mean, we know, yeah. Con, we know Connor, Connor, his whole reason, reason for getting out of USADA. We know it was to take, to take steroids. People, you know, I think some of it's for the leg and I think some of it was for Roadhouse to look a certain way for that movie. Because if you've seen the way Jake Gyllenhaal looks, and this is the guy's an actor who can do anything like, if I'm, you know, somebody who's supposed to play a pivotal role, role in that movie, I don't want to be upstaged by that. So I'm sure Connor didn't want to be upstaged by nope. Jake Gyllenhaal. So yeah, he got massive and he's lost weight. We've seen pictures of him. He's definitely down in size, size from when he was, you know, months ago. But uh, but anyway, but mocking about Chandler could be an option. But uh, 
Yeah, uh, they said they're going to be announcing the Abu Dhabi car soon. It'll be interesting to see who Makachev's opponent is. I think at the sure. end of the day, it's going to end up being Volkanovski. So if it's not Volkanovski and it's not Chandler, a couple other names that I had that you'll you'll probably shoot down. But um, I thought Grant Dawson another one. Yeah, outside possibility. I don't think he's ready, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it's somebody they could they could but, do. I'm sure. But sometimes, but sometimes in this position, you know, it might be just a matter of being a a body more than being ready. And you know, with that impressive record, like they can really market that as you know as being like a fight that you know it's kind of like a Rocky story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one, now this one would require some juggling, um, and I don't know if it's possible, but I know Max Holloway is scheduled to fight the Korean Zombie in Singapore. But you know, maybe they get a different opponent for Zombie and move Holloway into that fight. Uh, I don't see that happening. Okay, I just thought I think it's something that would interest Holloway, uh, but I don't know how I, important. I think Holloway and Zombie is important because okay. I have this feeling it's going to be the Zombie's last fight, and he specifically wanted this. So. Could end up honestly. This could end up being. Uh, I wonder if, uh, like, if Volkanovski decides to go up to lightweight, maybe they make this for an interim interim title fight. Probably not. Okay, but uh, yeah, I just I, I was looking at Holloway and just thinking at first thing I, I forgot that he had the zombie fight, so I was like looking at featherweight and seeing well who could you move up and you know I guess you can you know, Arnold Allen, but no, I kind of like him at yeah. featherweight. But if, Holloway, if you're gonna if you're gonna move up somebody from featherweight outside of Volkanovski, <laughs> might be it might be Tapuria. <laughs> yeah 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 that but yeah i i mean uh i yeah i, I like obviously volkanovsky or chandler are, are better than any are the best two options if, yeah. if they can make either one of those happen so all right um and then we got the news and we got a lot of news here actually um and the big one the first one's big um msg 30th anniversary show one day off of the actual anniversary but uh big big heavyweight uh, main event yeah, yeah, big heavyweight main event, the one that we've all been expecting, John Jones defending the UFC heavyweight championship against Stipe Miocic. You know, it's uh it's very interesting, you know. Could be the very last fight for both guys. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but but I mean, you know, the, it's the last thing on John Jones's you know, MMA bucket list headline MSG. So yeah. And there's no like obvious contender in the wings. No, I mean, Sergey Pavlovich is a obvious contender, but, you know, we talked a lot about this on a Observer Radio a day, yeah. Dave, the other night. But, yeah, there's just – I don't think there's anything that interests John, John Jones after Stipe. No, unless unless they could bring, uh, you know, unless they could bring Francis back, and that's not happening, um, especially given what we're going to talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, there's no other heavyweights, you know, like in Bellator. Uh, yeah. and, and I didn't, I didn't put this in there in the notes either. Uh, Leon, Leon Edwards's next fight is either going to be in Abu Dhabi or on the MSG card, so that could be a potential domain oh. right there. And it's going to be against Colby Covington. So, I, I like that at MSG, honestly, yeah. uh, of the two options. But yeah, um, if, if the Saudis want it, the Saudis will get it. Um, all right, uh, it's really, not the, it's not the Saudis. It's sorry, the. Um, what is it? The different country, you know. The if the sheiks want it, the, Abu Dhabi, yeah. Abu Dhabi. Yeah. yeah, sorry, my bad. It's if late. The partners wanted it, want it. Yeah, it's early as you're listening to this, but it's late as we're recording it. Um, 
incredible story with Josiah Harrell that I'm sure a lot of people don't know. Yeah. So Josiah Harrell was supposed to fight Jack Della Maddalena on the show this week. He was a short notice replacement, took the fight on Tuesday on Tuesday. So he was doing his pre-fight medicals that the UFC requires and, and uh, which included a brain scan. And they found a, uh, they found a rare disease on his brain. Uh, let me read. It's something that's the same thing that, uh, that uh, Vince Murdoch, who's the fight on the contender series had, he was going to, he was going to debut in the UFC and they found this, but it's an undiagnosed illness. Uh, he has a uh, Moya Moa, which is a rare blood vessel disorder that, uh, you know, if you're hit wrong in a fight, like it could kill you. Wow. Kill you. It's uh you're going to have to go undergo brain brain surgery to fix it to fix it but uh yeah it was a is the mri you know that's required and uh he's fought on the regional scene scene and all this but those regional promotions they don't make the the fighters undergo the same rigorous testing that ufc does because i mean you know the promotion cover is supposed to cover all this and that and all that pre-fight testing is expensive but it's something the UFC obviously does. They can afford it easily, and they spend the money to make sure that fighters who come in, who come in, you know, whether it be for the UFC or for the Contender Series or for the Ultimate Fighter, fighter, and you know, they get these guys tested and checked out, checked out. And there's been a lot of situations, a lot more than publicly known, where they've found something in fighters and have, and that these pre-fight medicals have actually saved a lot of. A lot of lives of fighters. Yeah. So uh, I think the the one most people know about is Dan Hardy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's yeah. been obviously a lot of other ones. Yeah. And you know, there was that moment, there was that situation, I think, with Tiago Alves, I think it was, where they yeah. found a, a burst blood vessel in his head, in his yeah. head, like the week of a the week of a scheduled fight that he's supposed to have against John Sean Fitch. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of situations. So yeah, so yeah, you know, it's you know, it was it was a good a good news story out of a bad situation. It's a scary situation, but it looks like now you know this kid's gonna undergo the brain operation. That and I'm sure UFC is gonna kind of help cover costs, maybe hopefully. And yeah. uh, you know, and because they tend to do in these situations, that's yeah. a lot of that stuff isn't reported on, but they tend to do. You know, and you know, just their rigorous testings. Probably saved this guy's life. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome so. to hear. Um, all right. Misha Tate was listening to our show last week and heard Must about have. Ronda coming back. Must have and, because she, yeah. she's, she's campaigning hard for a Ronda Rousey fight at UFC 300. And so. I mentioned her as a potential opponent. Um, yeah, you know, I, it makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but if uh, I mean, obviously, I think the three, the three big ones. I mean, obviously, if she can get a title fight with Pena, um, Holly Holm is an obvious grudge match, yeah. and Misha Tate. You know, is uh, their, that would be their third fight. I would say the fact that she's brought it up, she's bringing it up, means there's probably at least been discussions as we've talked about. You know? And and UFC 300, we're we're thinking is probably going to be in May, right? March or May, somewhere around March, March May. April, May, April. Yeah. May, so so there'll obviously be a big big card, like be, be a Vegas show. So yeah. Um, and honestly, Misha Tate's a really good opponent 
for Ronda. Um, you know, like, you know, it's not, it's probably not as likely that she's going to get beat up. I mean, she might yeah, get wrestled to the ground a lot, but. But like I said, let's be honest. If Ronda's coming back, her her first fight is Pena for the title. There's going to be no other fight than then, and then and then if she loses, she'll probably leave again. Yeah, so, no doubt. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see what happens there. But uh, obviously, that would be a fight that Misha would want. And the question is whether or not Ronda would want it, and or whether she wants to fight. Like we don't know. Yeah, whether she's even coming back. You know. Yeah. But I think the fact that that Misha was openly talking about it this week and means there's probably be, been some scuttlebutt at least discussed because she lives in Vegas. She's at the PI all the time. She's probably heard from people that, you know, they're talking to, they're talking about Rhonda possibly coming back. So now Misha's trying to get ahead of it. That's, that's how good, that's good the way I look at it. Yeah. That's a great opponent for her for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure there's about 15 women that would want to fight Rhonda Rousey if she yeah. came back. Um, more PFL issues. Uh, I'm not sure I know about this. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. They had a PFL Europe two. Okay. In, a, in in it, and there's this. There was instances where, th- and they're they're doing like a like a tournament playoff format for the yeah, PFL Europe like show. The winner gets a contract. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like you know, you know, it's it's a tournament, you know, so uh, not like their usual thing, but this is just straight off. Eight four two one, yeah, kind of thing, kind of thing. Well, anyway, they uh, they have this thing where three fighters in who fought missed weight. Okay, so two of them lost. So one of them, uh, Aso Adin Duque, he uh, he won by unanimous decision over Alex Chizov. That's the official result of the fight. But the way the PFL does it, they take a point away for missing weight. So for league purposes, they ruled the fight a draw, and also because, and also, and and according to the rules, in case of a draw, the fighter who missed weight loses a tiebreaker. So Alex Chizov, who lost the fight, who's on the record, on record as as the loser, uh, the actual loser of the fight, he's advancing in the tournament. Oh, so you, you're of- basically losing two points if you if you miss weight. No, in a the way. way. Okay, so the so here's how it is. The official score is twenty nine twenty eight unanimous decision for Ace and Duque, but PFL in their record books are listing it as a unanimous draw twenty eight twenty eight across the board. Right. Yeah, and, make they're, and they're taking a point away because he missed weight. So I'm saying yeah. it's it's as if he loses two points. Because well, unless he had won the fight, if he had won thirty twenty seven, then he would still advance because he would have lost one point, and then it would be twenty nine twenty seven, and he'd be okay. No, if he won thirty twenty seven, they take one point away. He still wins twenty nine twenty seven, but he's but he doesn't advance. It, it's just kind oh of just, god, really? It, okay. It, it's it's change, what you're saying. Then it's, my bad. Yeah, it's they're changing. Yeah, they're changing. You know. They're just outcome. advancing who they're they change, want to advance regardless. They're, they're, of the they're advancing yeah. of who they want to advance. And they're changing results of fights because of because wow. of what they want. So it's like, oh, you know, it's a course. really kind of weird situation. So and this is where Francis Ngannou has uh, hung his hat. Um, yeah. And speaking of Ngannou, uh, he was in the news uh, angling him and Tyson Fury are negotiating for a fight. Well, it looks like it's going to happen. You know, the announcement could be coming any day. 
any day now, but yeah, him and him and Tyson Fury in an exhibition fight. From what I heard, an exhibition where there will actually not be a winner declared. So this is like the um, the fight with Tyson um, that they had. Uh, can't remember who yeah. he fought, but yeah, so. same thing where people were betting on it, even though there's no result. So yeah, just just I mean, this whole the whole idea of this is just I'm not interested in it. I, we no. talked about it on Observer Radio, Observer Radio, and yeah, Dave. Dave brought up, you know, the comparisons to Connor, Connor and Floyd, but uh, we also got to remember at the time that Connor and Floyd happened, Connor had already crossed into the mainstream as a superstar. You know, so, you know, he was already selling multiple pay per views with million dollar buys. He had, he had done, he had already started to do the strut, which was already being emulated by professional athletes all over the world. He was a mainstream star. Francis Nagano is not. Two percent the star that Conor McGregor is. So this is this is going to die a death on pay per view. It's not even a real fight, you know. It's it, it probably is, but I would assume that both these guys are going to be guaranteed a lot of money. Yeah, it's a money grab for both guys, and you know yeah. it's only happening because Tyson Fury's next actual fight they can't get done. So yeah, that's and that's kind of what I figured. I was we were talking about this in our uh, Fiking Media Discord, and and like I was kind of I guess I should have just asked the question outright because I don't really follow boxing as closely as some of the other people in there. But it just seems to me that the reason Tyson Fury would take this fight is because all the other big fights that he has they can't make. So this one they can make and he can get paid while while they're working things out for the other fights. Yeah, and he's not going to take any damage. No. Um, there's zero risk for for Tyson Fury here. He's not going to end up with a loss on his record. So no, but, it, but he's and not going to lose. And like, Francis isn't a boxer; he's a kickboxer. Yeah. yeah, so he's. I mean, Francis is not going to. You know, the best thing Francis can hope for is that he doesn't get like seriously injured. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Fury takes it easy on him. Um, you know, he'll probably carry him for a few rounds, like uh, like Floyd did with Connor, and then put him away. Um. All right, uh, and we we're running long here, but we do have a few, couple fight announcements. Not many. Uh, yeah, heavy news day here, but yeah, yeah, very very small list of fight announcements this week. This week, so I'll just probably just get into all of them. Uh, UFC 291 on July 29th. Uh, Matthew Simmelsberger will take on Eurosmetic. Uh, UFC 292 Boston August 19th. Uh, they did find a replacement for Henry Cejudo. Uh, Marlon Chilo Vera is now going to fight Pedro Munoz. That's a, that's a that's nice really, fight. That's a really good fight. Uh, UFC Fight Night in Singapore, August 26th. Uh, Yusaku Kenoshida against Billy Goff. Uh, UFC mm-hmm. Fight Night in Paris on September 2nd. William Gomi against Lucas Almeida. And uh, a big fight for UFC 293 in Sydney, September 9th. Tai Tuivas against Alexander Volkov. The um the fight in Paris, those heavyweights? Those are featherweights. Though. Featherweights, okay. And Gomez is from France, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I don't know why I thought he was I thought they were heavyweights. Um, all right. Well that is that is gonna wrap it up. Uh Ryan, uh get your plugs in. Yeah, uh at Twitter at Ryan J. Frederick. I also did join threads the same at Ryan J. Frederick, but uh I haven't been active on there yet. It's back up again. I'm not joining threads. Yeah, it's too much social media. Uh, yeah, and then be in the Wrestling Observer newsletter this weekend, this week, every week, pretty much now. And then uh, front page coverage of all UFC events on f4wonline.com. 
Yeah, and you can uh, also, if you haven't already, uh, you can join the Fight Game Media Discord. Uh, just uh, send Gigi an email, Gigi at FightGameMedia.com. He'll send you the uh, invite, and you can come yeah. on there. We've or, you a... can, or you can send me a message on Twitter. I got, oh, right. Okay, I, yeah, I got, Ryan can get you. I got too. invite powers as well. All so. right, good. So, yeah, and there's a lot, a lot of more uh, UFC talk in there of late. Um, a lot of interesting stuff on the horizon. So, uh, and me, I'm Paul Ace Fontaine on Twitter, and uh, as well, uh, you can hear my other show that I do with Jeff Hawkins, the Dynamite Show, Wednesday nights after AEW Dynamite, and uh, always do the uh, the UFC previews with Garrett Gonzalez as well on his Fight Game Podcast Extra that we put out on the Friday morning before every UFC pay per view. So you can you can wait, look out for those as well. So for Ryan, I've been Paul. Ryan, take us home like you always do. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this week. Later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.